Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. All right. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Um, We're here today to do a quick check-in with Alex. Um, As you guys know, things change quickly uh, when you're dealing with a loved one and addiction. And so um, there's been some recent stuff that's happened for Alex and Charlie. And I just wanted to give her an opportunity to share that with us and see how we can offer her support. So Alex. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Um, So yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Um, I think last time we talked to you guys we like talked with Charlie, so this is funny that this happened like immediately after that. Um, but yeah, so this last week, um, Charlie relapsed um, on opiates, which is the first time, and he's done that in over a year, so that was kind of shocking. Um, so we've been kind of dealing with the aftermath of that. Luckily, he didn't overdose, and nothing you know super terrible happened, but um still regardless there are always some consequences and things that just causes a mess you know for him personally and for our relationship so we've been kind of dealing with that so it's kind of been a lot this week um where should I start I guess um I guess start with I don't know maybe how you found found out out, and then like what your immediate like feelings were reaction like how did you handle it then and so how has that changed now? I found out because he used at home and I like caught him using at home, which is weird because he's never, I mean, he had done that once before, but typical, that's not his typical thing. Like he doesn't usually do that. So, um, I had kind of been in bed. He gets home really late. He works late. And so I'd already been in bed and stuff and he came home and was perfectly normal and said he was going to take a shower and eat some dinner which is also typically very normal and so I had I had to uh actually had to pee because I'm pregnant and I pee like every 30 minutes but he uh so went into the bathroom when he was in the shower and I was just kind of talking to him like I normally do and I just kind of noticed like it was taking him longer to respond like like he was like overthinking it or something and I was like what are you doing so I look in the shower and I mean I could immediately tell by looking at him that he was that something was up so I was like, what, mm-hmm. are you, what is going on? What's wrong with you? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? And then I'm like looking at him and his eyes are like pinpoint. And I'm like, oh, dear God. So, oh. so I was like, oh, my God, how did this even happen? Because, you know, he's on the Vivitrol shot, which blocks that from happening. But I guess I had kind of lost track of time. And he was only like four or five days away from his next shot. And, um, so I guess, I mean, he just said like, I didn't know if it would work. I just tried. I was like, oh my God, you're an idiot. So, (laughs) so it apparently worked, but, um, so in the moment I was just like so overwhelmed because it had been like a good amount of time had gone between like me, you know, the last relapse he had, he couldn't just came home and I, he told me and it was just like kind of, I didn't experience it really. I mean, obviously 
I experienced it like, you know, the relapse, but not the actual using because that that had happened way before he told me and like he wasn't like noticeably high at that point and like it was just I don't know it was a little bit different so Mm -hmm. I was just like really overwhelmed like how did how is this happening and (laughs) just like in my mind trying to get my mind around like well what do I do and so um we had like he was awake and luckily he didn't like ever pass out or anything and um and (laughs) but we had Narcan in our closet we have it in our medicine closet from they give it to him at the VA every once in a while and so anyways I narcaned him because I was like well we're gonna end this real quick so (laughs) I did that and then I called the ambulance he was like I'm not dealing like I don't know what to do and like in the past I would have because he wasn't like over it wasn't like a medical emergency but in the past, I would have stayed up all night, like, worrying, like, are you going to be okay? Like, what's going on? You know, like, are you okay? Type of thing. Right. Like, just that, well, like- and isn't there something, I'm pretty sure this might be helpful for people that, like, if you do administer Narcan, you're supposed to call 911 because they are supposed to, like, give a second. Well, because it, it, if they've OD'd. It but. wears off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it can wear off. And so if you've done it on your own, I mean, he didn't actually OD. I was just trying to be a brat and like, yeah, <laughs> end it. Um, so, um, I mean, he wasn't like, I mean, he definitely wasn't like, you know, passed out overdose or anything, but I could tell like, you know, it wasn't normal. It wasn't like, I mean, it was obviously affecting him. So I did, I did narcan to be safe in case something did happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But he probably really didn't need it um, in hindsight. But yeah, so I called them and I was just like, you just take him to, I don't, I don't want to like be his nurse, you know, like someone needs to just make sure he's okay. It's not going to be me. I don't have the energy to do this. So I called them and he went to the hospital and he texted me like in the ambulance must have been and was like, are you coming? I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, really? Nope. You figure this out. So he, um, went to the hospital, got all checked out. They, he was there maybe an hour and a half and they released him. So he was okay. Um, so then he came home and like, um, we kind of talked a little bit and, you know, I was just really mad in the moment, you know, it's like, it's just so disappointing. Like, what are you doing? Like, why? We've talked about this before. Maybe he even brought it up when he was on the podcast. But he'd been avoiding, like, opiates for a long time, like, even though he's had the, the desire to use drugs, which he has relapsed twice last year. Um, he didn't do that. And he would always say, like, I just don't – like, I know that that's, like, a bad path. And, you know, I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to die. You know, all these things. And that was his rationale for not using – you know, his actual drug of choice. And so I was just so confused, like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Why did you like take that risk? Even being on Vivitrol, like, it wasn't even, you weren't even certain that this would work. So, like, what in the world is happening? And he had just, like, said that he'd been, he's been so anxious lately. And, like, almost like having, like, like panic attack type symptoms of anxiety, which I get too, so, like, I understand. But, um he was like, I haven't had that in such a long time. And I had no idea like what to do. And I just kept feeling it um, for the last couple of days. And so he was just like super anxious. And like, he was like, I just know that when I used to feel like that, I, that, that would help. And so I wanted to feel comfortable again. And so I took that chance and I was just like really shocked. I don't know, just like the way that 
their brains work. It's yeah. just like so shocking. And so talked about that and like this first day and like that day and then the next day, like I was just upset and like, you know, <clears throat> I'm we're expecting and there's been a lot happening in their pregnancy too. Like I had surgery this week, so stress has been high for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah. we found out some stuff about, you know, just my pregnancy that is concerning. I mean, it just adds a lot of stress to an already stressful situation. Um, so I get it. I mean, I'm feeling that too, but what I was telling him was like, you have to figure out a way, like life, life is going to be stressful. Like you're going to, like, there are going to be things that happen and like, you can't just go back to that when right. you, when you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and so we, um, talked a lot about that, but so that's not entirely the end of the story. So he comes home and he's like crying and so apologetic and remorseful. Obviously, this is just. And so I basically tell him, like, I paint this picture of like, look, like we have a kid coming. And if this happens, like, you know, I can't have a kid around this and you wouldn't be able to live here and we wouldn't be able to be together because I don't have time to deal with this. And, you know, and good luck ever seeing your kid unsupervised because that's not going to happen. And, you know, like, was mad and trying to make a point in the moment, but it really hit home with him, I think. And he's talked about that, like, several times since since that night. So, um, but it's the truth, you know? It's like, you can't, you can't, like, have drugs in the house. Or what if I need to, I don't know, even go to the grocery store, go to the gym, and you're here with the kid and, you know, passed out in the shower or something. I, it's just not... Right. There's just not okay. Well, like, even if he's not doing anything, I, I feel like there's just going to be some nervousness for a while of even leaving him alone. Cause you're like, well, what, right. you know, what if this is the time? Cause it's been, yeah, oh, yeah, that's hard. I mean, I think I would have had that regardless because of just the past. Like, I don't, yeah. Like, I think it will always be in the back of your mind, yeah. but then coming after a relapse, like, I it's think just it's way more, more, it's way more fresh and it's just, it makes it me feel like it's way more likely because you know, it, the longer you're away from using and things, the easier it is. And it's just like, well, this just happened and you know, the yeah baby will be here in like three months and it's like, okay. So, um, so there's that. So anyways, that was, um, the day after yeah so went to bed whatever woke up the next day he still looks like shit I mean he looked like shit the night that night like must have just hit him really hard because he looked like he looked awful so wake up the next morning I'm like you still look like shit like are you gonna go to work like what are you gonna do because he interacts with clients and you know you can't be Mm -hmm. looking like a a mess um so he's like no I feel okay I think I'll get better like I just didn't sleep at all and I think it'll get better as the day goes on and so he goes to work and I go to work then later that night I get a call from his the person that owns like their his barber shop and they're just like hey you know Charlie looks not not well um we think you know he hasn't had a break today he hasn't eaten at all um he's just been super busy and they're like the there's the flu is going around and we just want to be extra safe like so we're gonna send him home early we just wanted to let you know and I was like okay fine I mean I know why he looks like shit and um so he gets he like um gets told that they're sending him home they clear his schedule and he uh 
calls me. I'm like, hey, call me because at this point I like have zero trust in him at all. <laughs> so I'm like, mm-hmm. just call me on your way home. Like talk to me on the way home. That way I know like you don't stop anywhere and you know nothing else happens. So he's talking to me the whole way home. Gets home. He still looks terrible. And he's like, I just haven't slept and I feel so bad and like all this. And it's like, okay. He, um, you know, was, didn't look like the night before, like when I first saw him. It wasn't nearly like that. So I was like, all right, well, just get some sleep. And, you know, I took his blood pressure and, you know, just made sure he was like, okay. And um, so he went to bed. The next morning, he wakes up and he still looks like shit. And I'm like, how is this affecting you this much? You know, like in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. But I'm like giving him the benefit of the doubt and like, like okay, like maybe this just really hit you hard. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just taking this long to like get out of your system. So, I mean, he was looking better. Like he, it wasn't like he like, he didn't look like the first night by any means, which is why I was like, well, he's just like taking time. Like his pupils were still kind of small and they were really reacting to light, but they were pretty small. And I was like, well, maybe it's just like still in his system. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, he goes to work that next day and I'm like, well, just, it'll keep getting better. And then I'm at work. This is, uh, in the afternoon and his, the owner calls me again. He's like, Hey, Casey still looks the same. Stop. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, just so start with the owner called me again. Yeah. So the owner calls me again and, um, He's like, you know, he still looks um, like the same as last night. We don't know if he's like, is he, if he's sick or something, if he's just trying to push through because he has full books. And um, it's like, yeah, I, at this point, I'm like, I honestly don't know if he's like still using or if he's just like withdrawing and looking like garbage, you know? And so yeah. I was like, well, here's the thing. If you can clear his books I'll come get him without telling him I'm coming just in case it is something serious and he's trying to use and I'll take him home and I'll just force the truth out of him. Or, you know, I told them I'll drug test him because I wasn't like admitting anything yet. Yeah. So question now, um, yeah, his, his work knows everything that's going on. Yeah. They know he's in recovery and they've known that since they hired him. Um, okay. and they're very supportive of that. And, um, he's, he hasn't been like, you know, he hasn't told them everything, but he, he they know that he is, you know, working recovery and has a history of substance abuse and, um, and things like that. It's never really been an issue at all with work. So like, even when he's relapsed, he relapsed twice last year, mm-hmm. it, it was not at work. It was, you know, it was not, it never affected work at all. He didn't miss work. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. So this is the first their first experience, like thinking that something might be going on. So do you think? So you think that's where their mind went, and that's why they like they probably wouldn't have just called you if they really thought he had the flu. Well, right? so they weren't sure. They were like, we don't want to accuse him of anything, obviously, you know. Sure. Um, but we're concerned. If it is that, we just want to make sure that you know he gets help soon. <laughs> and they're very supportive and caring. Like they just were really good about it. And so I was like very appreciative that they called me, you know, they, they, yeah. take, they take the stance that, you know, it's their family. It's the work is family and they want to take care of each other, you know, personally and professionally and everything. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how they were. They're like, we definitely don't want to accuse him of anything. Um, we just want to make sure he's well. So, and they made, you know, they were like, he's not going to lose his job. This isn't like anything like that. Like we get, 
we get you guys have a lot going on and it could be a lot for him. So they just wanted to check in on him and they're like, you know, we don't know anything about, about this, but we know you would. So whatever you say to do, we'll do. So I was like, well, if you can clear his books, I'll get him and get to the bottom of this, figure this out. So they called me and said, hey, we cleared his schedule because he was booked from, I mean, like for over, um, for over eight hours straight. So they got him cleared out and um, they're like, he's going to finish his last haircut and um, we'll let him go after that. We'll tell him. He doesn't know yet. So I, I left work and I just headed up there because at this point, I don't really know what's going on. And if he is like using, I don't really, I don't want him driving and like, right. I just didn't, we don't need any of that stuff. And that's probably like, I don't know. That's, I thought about it on the way. That's like borderline, like protecting him from things. But at the same time, it was like, I just can't deal with this myself. So I'm just gonna, gonna take care of this the way I need to, to like be okay. So, um, I got, I went and picked him up. He didn't know I was there. So he walks out and I'm like, Hey, get in the car. Let's go. And he's like, well, what, what are you doing here? (laughs) and I was like well picking you up stupid and so um gets in the car and he's like why did you come to get me I was just about to text you that I got sent home again and I was like uh because I don't want you driving if you've been using and he's like I haven't been using and I was like yeah well I don't believe you and um it's time for you to like tell the truth it's like you can tell me the truth or we can do this a different way and <laughs> you can leave and we can, you can do this on your own. And, um, he was like, what are you talking about? Bet? Like he carried on for like a minute. And then I said, well, I'm not sure what you think is going on or why you've been sent home for, ha- for sweating profusely and having pinpoint pupils two days in a row, <laughs> you know? And he was, and, and then he realized that like, Oh, like work knows, you yeah. know, like you're not fooling anyone. Um, so then he was like, He's like, yeah. told me what he was like. I was, he's like, I had stuff left over. And in my mind, I was just like, gonna do that and restart. And like, it didn't change anything. Like, I was still was gonna restart exactly like I said. Like, cause the night, the, the previous night, I told him, like, you can't come home unless you have a plan of what you're gonna do. And he, he came home with a plan. And he's like, I didn't, it's like, I, st- I want to do that plan. That's not like, it wasn't, didn't like continue using because I wanted to do that. He's like, I just like wanted to delay it for a minute, you know, like escape it, like that I have to start over again. And that, you know, the whole thing, which I kind of get, but also it's like, but you lied and made this worse. Yeah. So, um, he confessed and, you know, I kind of, in that moment I was so mad and I was just like being so mean and, um, basically told him telling him he's an idiot and um so we get home and and everything I check I mean you know it's just like we do that whole thing where it's like I feel like I have to babysit and it's like check him like everywhere you know like where do you keep where did you keep the drugs yeah like could there be any more around exactly because I asked him that the night you got back from the hospital and he had them still so um so he said he said, oh, well, I kept it in, like, my sock sometimes or my underwear or whatever. So I made him strip down, and I checked everything. I checked all his clothes, all his pockets, everything. You know, and it's, like, it's not fun to do that because you're treating, like, your spouse, like, 
an inmate, basically. Right. And then, you know, it's like you can't go to the bathroom with the door closed. You can't shower with the door closed. You can't, you know, this whole thing. So got through that. Didn't find any drugs on him. And I felt like he was being honest. Like, I don't I don't know. I didn't kind of th- thought that before, too. But he just was like seemed really defeated in the way that he didn't the night before and I was like okay well maybe he really doesn't have anything um but still you know even after that still kind of like watching for signs of like you know just like fucking investigating him while he's right there it's just weird so um so that day was hard we had a lot of conversations about you know just how lucky he is that he has such a supportive work environment and we talked about like you know what are you going to too and he decided to be honest with them so uh we talked through that a bunch and i text them that night and was just like hey you know charlie's fine he's home and i was like he's overwhelmed and you know all this stuff and emotional but he appreciates you guys and you know isn't upset or anything and he's gonna they had like a class today so it was just like a couple days later um and he, he was going to talk to you guys in person then. And so he did that this morning and had a conversation, but was just honest about what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, told them that, you know, he's working on, you know, not letting it happen again, you know, for work, but also for, you know, our family and stuff. So apparently that conversation went well. Um, and they were very supportive and, you know, caring and things. So. So that's nice, but I'm proud of him for being honest and not just trying to like come up with some weird excuse of like why he was like that or yeah, just actually pretending that he was sick or something. Right. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. And then, um, I guess like since then my, you asked me like how, I, how my feelings had changed. So there was a lot of anger at first and then, um, even now, like, today, like, I'm still mad. It just, like, doesn't make any sense to me. It's, like, not rational, you know? Like, which is yeah. uh, the big piece about it is it's just, like, it just doesn't make sense to us because I also am, like, struggling like, with our life changing a bunch. <laughs> like, it's overwhelming and it's stressful and, like, I get it, but. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes me frustrated for you and then it also reminds me of myself, like, yeah. I think it's easier to be almost like frustrated on behalf of our friends than when you're like in the own, <laughs> yeah. own situation. Because yeah. like for you, I am hearing this and I'm so frustrated in the, um, you know, when he says, well, it's just there's a lot of like stress and I'm, you know, was having like these, this anxiety and panic. I'm like, that is not a good enough excuse anymore. It's really then, not. And then I can think of myself of, you know, when Jake says things like, is giving his excuses of why he can't go into treatment yet. And like, you know, with, mm-hmm. when that's happening, I'll kind of let slide be like, well, I can see where he's coming from. And so yeah. it's just like a good reminder hearing, hearing it on the other side of like making me look at myself and be like, no, he's given a bunch of excuses too. Like yep. they're both just making excuses that are not fair. It's because not. like you said, like you've got a ton of stress to deal with. You're the one carrying this baby. Right. And it's like you're not like turning towards risky behavior. And 
Yeah, right. it's just right, and that's the difference between normal people and people with addiction, though. You know, for, like for I, sure. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I get it, but then there's also like what I was telling him. It's like you aren't like physically dependent on opiates. This is not an, a thing okay. where you're in active addiction and you know you chose this. <laughs> You know, and and you have all these things in place that, you know, you don't want to do this, but you chose this anyways. And so the decisions that have to go into that, like, it's a conscious decision making process, you know, and that's what makes me so angry is you have, you are in recovery, like you have friends, you have um, people that you can call, you have me, you have a therapist, you have people at the, you know, the VA where he's in the drug treatment program, like you have all of these resources, and you yeah. didn't use any of them because you wanted to use. And right. that's what's so frustrating is, is that and yeah, I yeah, that makes sense. Because I agree, like, obviously, there's the difference between us, like non addicts and them, like yeah. the addicts, like not no, or like turning to that as their coping mechanism. But at this point, it's like you've been around the recovery community for X amount of years. So like you do know mm-hmm. what to do when you're feeling that way. And like you said, it's like you're making a choice because you yeah. just want to use. Right. And it's like, it's the easier choice, you know, it's in, especially for him because one of his biggest challenges is like opening up to people emotionally. And yeah. And so, I mean, I get that using was easier, the easier way to feel better in that moment. But my point is to him is like, but all of these, all these months and the year that has gone by where you haven't engaged in that to cope, like you should have been practicing opening up to people. So when you actually need to do that in that moment, it would have been easier for you. And that's what I get disappointed about is like, you don't do the work that's going to prevent this from happening yeah Uh, when you're well and and you know he gets that but it's like that's what's so frustrating is you should have been preventing this in the 12 months before this ever was a was a problem you know so that's i think too frustrating for me is he did the cocaine i mean what was the time difference between how many days from the cocaine from this most recent relapse two months was it two months? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he used the cocaine, like, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's just, you know, he's, he was saying, you know, you were already pregnant then, and, you know, he's saying all these things, and then he does this again, and, you know, maybe because, you know, I have the children right now, like, and, and you even asked me, like, kind of what I would do in this situation, mm-hmm. and it and it's so frustrating for me, for you, because I, I know that you could do this on your own, mm-hmm. and but it's really effing hard, and I also shared with you, I remember because um, I had my first child um, pretty soon after I'd found out of Steve's addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, a dear friend had her daughter in the hospital and things weren't going well. And it was, it was just a really bad situation. And so I left my first kid here when she was three weeks old and she just wouldn't stop screaming for <laughs> seven months. Mm-hmm. And I remember leaving. I had to go see this, my friend in the hospital mm-hmm. and uh leaving my newborn with my husband I was panicked but it was just you know and I'm I'm sad that you're gonna have to feel that feeling Mm -hmm. because it's really it's really unsettling yeah and you know and I think you know someone 
someone had asked like why why do you why and maybe to you Alex like why are you choosing to have this baby with I don't like I tried to explain it and I don't think people understand like you know that he's using our path like why are you choosing to stay and possibly put your baby in harm so I'm not yet I don't know if I am or not I mean when I got pregnant things were fine you know like it was he was doing well he was it wasn't like we planned to get pregnant. Um, it kind of just happened uh, unexpectedly. But at that time, it was like I pursued, I, I, I kept with the pregnancy because I was like, well, you know, we've been together eight years. He's been on this path of recovery. He'd been doing really well at that point. He was, you know, doing all the right things. And so I was like, well, okay. Not really, you know, I, I, I'm not like leaving him. I'm not like, you know, at that point, it wasn't like, there's nothing in our relationship that's like going to cause me to leave him. So, you know, it's probably time to take the next step or, or this is just the time, you know, it just kind of felt like that. And then just recently the two relapses since I've been pregnant, um, the first one was like, it, it was significant, but it wasn't a huge, I mean, he, it seemed like he was getting back on track pretty easily, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, let's just see how this goes and see what he does. But he never really followed through on anything. And a lot of that has to do with like just how he's been prioritizing things in his life. Um, he was training for like this bodybuilding competition and, you know, so he's at the gym all the time and then he was going to therapy once a week, but that's not, it's like not enough and going to his home group occasionally. Um, but he wasn't really focused on the right things. And, you know, that was two months ago, the holidays came and it's just like, there's been there's been a lot going on with me and I just was like, well, let's see what happens, you know. And then we're here and now it's like I'm in the position of where I that's what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, what do I do for me and, you know, the baby and how do I move forward? And, you know, those, those are the things I'm weighing now. I guess um, in my response to your question, Elise, like I'm not obviously pregnant or anything right now, but I was just thinking about like, I could see people on the outside who are like, how would you ever feel comfortable like having a baby with this person or moving on? And I think for us, like part of it is just you, like at some point you've made a decision like where you're like, I understand this person has a disease, but I also know that it can be managed. And like, we've learned all these tools and like, you can't just live your whole life in fear like making decisions based on like what if this Mm -hmm. what if x happens because even if our partners weren't in addiction or have addiction like who knows what like you could get pregnant and in a year like you know they get really sick or something happens and so Mm -hmm. i guess you just in life in general you just never really know and in our situations you hope that the tools that we are learning and they are learning are like enough to help you through it. But yeah, it's all just a risk. And I think there's a, there's like, um, you know, I look to his previous behavior and like, what does he do? And, you know, he always tries to get better and like does something to like, he's like, he, I know he wants to not this to not happen. Like, you know, and, and if he's doing things that are going to improve his chances of that not happening, I don't know. It's just like, and I've seen him grow over the last four years or however long he's going to been in recovery. 
And so I just look at that and I'm like, it, it does get better. He's a better person. He's a better partner. And so at the beginning when I got pregnant, I was like, I just have to trust that he'll continue to do that, you know? And that's kind of how I've always looked at it is as, as long as he's trying and like improving, then, you know, I can support, I can support that. And he's honest and he's like, doesn't give up like if he gave up and was just like I'm just gonna use like it's just easy I just can't do this then that would be a way different thing for me Uh, Mm -hmm. obviously but yeah it's just this area between that's just hard but I don't know yeah I mean I I mean I I agree as well I mean I was I was in that same situation where he had just come off heavy heavy active use and I still decided to move forward with my pregnancy Mm -hmm. and so people have asked me that question Mm -hmm. and so I don't think to to me I think somebody said like well because you love him like meh like no that's not why yeah that's that's not it and and I also feel that I'm strong enough and I you know remember making this decision of if he does go back out, I, I will do this alone because I'm not going to have a kid go through that. And so I just felt like I could do it on my own. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I do I, too. I feel like I can definitely, I don't want to want to. Right. Yeah. And I don't want that for my kid because I think he'll be a great dad. You know, I mean, like, obviously he struggles with this, but when he's, when this is not the, at the forefront, like he's, he does really good and he's reliable and, you know, it's, I think he'll be, he's great with our nephews and all that stuff. And so I think I would hate for my kid to miss out on him being around and being a good dad. So, I mean, there's that too, but I don't know. Like now I'm just like, I don't know how many days we're like two, three days out from um, when I found out he, you know, his actual last use and we've talked a bunch about like what his plan is, like what he wants to do and all this. And it's just like, that's all good and well. But I think for me, I'm just like watching for him to make, like take the next right actions, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how I like have told myself, like if, if it's looking like he's not following through on what he's saying, which he didn't last time, because, you know, like I said, he prioritized the gym and that goal over other things because he was like, he was just always says like well I'm feeling great it's like that's not you're preparing for when you don't and that's when he doesn't get get yet so that's what I'm waiting for just watching like what are you doing and like how like are you following through with what you said you were going to do and that's like the next thing I can do and if he's doing you know if he doesn't then that's a different conversation at that point and so that's where I'm at I guess Oh man, it's. I'm sorry you've been dealing with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot, but I don't know. It's the life we live, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think you're handling it the best that you can. So yeah, like you said, now it's you'll just watch his actions and yeah, you know, take care of yourself, right? And that baby, right? That's all I can do. And so, and then just hope that he gets his shit together. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we will see, but. All right. Yeah, that's what's going on. Well, thanks for sharing. Let thanks us know guys. if you need anything. Will do. All right. Well, I think that's wrapping us up. 
anybody has any stories or any questions for us, please let us know and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.